The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. G. Cobb with you on SportsAmerica.com, and uh, it's a pleasure being here. we got Bob Cunningham joining us tonight. How you doing, Bob? I'm okay. That's good. Uh, of course, uh, leading up, everybody's getting ready for, uh, well, really about, what, uh, nine or ten days or maybe even less than that, um, that uh, the rookies and uh, Kevin Cobb and the group will be heading to camp. That'll be on the 26th of, uh, of July, and then you'll have all the veterans will come in on the 29th uh, a few days later, so it's going to be an exciting time out at out at uh, Lehigh University in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So I know a lot of people are excited about that. But, of course, there have been some things happening, uh, a lot of talk about Michael Vick and different things like that. Um, uh, Bob, first of all, how do you feel about the whole Michael Vick situation? Do you think he did something that should put him, should eliminate him from the team, or do you think it's a matter of him, uh, uh, you know, not doing uh, maybe it's not as bad as people are saying. How do you feel about it? Uh, well, I don't think he did anything that would warrant uh, cutting cutting him. Uh, he exercised poor judgment going to the party. Uh, when you're in the position he's in, he can't afford to be going to situations he can't control 100%, and he couldn't, obviously. Now, he exercised good judgment in that he made sure uh, to leave and uh, to not get sucked into it like he might have in the past. So as far as that, I think he tried to do the right thing after uh, making a mistake and showing up in the first place. Yeah, I w- you know, I would kind of agree with you um, right along the line with, w- with what you said, you know, and, and the thing about it is it's just like it's um, uh, it's just like it's, it seems people in here in town want to see him out of here, and it's like... Uh, you know, it's it's been blown up, and, you know, um, uh, he clearly, you know, he did make a mistake. He shouldn't have been there. But it's not like he had anything to do with anybody getting shot or anything like that. So that's why, uh, in a way, I, you know, uh, I uh, I end up at times, you know, uh, defending him because, you know, I'm going like, okay, all right, he, he did, he made a mistake and everything, but. No, it's not like he, well, he really did anything. I mean, you know, he can't be really responsible for these other idiots, and that's the reason he shouldn't have been there. But um, we'll see what happens. I, I really think the Eagles are going to uh, to support him. They've been very supportive so far. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it definitely was a thing which I know he would have rather avoided, but um, we'll see, you know, what, what transpires with that as we, as we go forward. Now, uh 
the Eagles are getting ready for uh, the training camp. Uh, you got uh, things happening all over uh, the the league, and uh, we might as well get in, you know a couple guys that are going to be talked about, uh, which is which are uh, you know Brett Favre and uh, uh, Ter- Terrell Owens. Uh, Brett Favre, I think he's definitely coming back. Um, I don't think there's really any suspense about it. I definitely think he's coming back. But but what about you? How do you feel about it, uh, Bob? I, I would uh, I would say he's coming back, but uh, I think for him, he thinks he's probably coming back. But there's still a little doubt in the back of his mind. You know, can I hold up? Uh, can I live up to how I performed last season? So there's still a little bit of doubt in the back of his mind, which is why he hasn't come out and said, "Yes, I'm coming back." Plus, he doesn't want to go to training camp. <laughs> Who can blame him? He showed last year he doesn't need it. So. Uh, I think I think with that he's going to be reluctant to come out and say, yes, I definitely want to do it when he has a little bit of doubt, and you know that people might start yelling for him to go to training camp. But yeah, well, I, I definitely don't think that uh, he's going to be at training camp, and I don't think really that uh, um, you know th- that the the Vikings have any trouble with it. The thing about it is, um, I saw where Adrian Peterson uh, missed some of the workouts and. Uh, some people were saying that he probably uh, would immediately tell uh, Coach Childress that, hey, look, you know, uh, not everybody has to go to training camp, but, you know, he needs to get to training camp to, to get better about hanging on to that football. But, uh, you know, Terrell Owens is a, is a guy out there. Uh, he, he's really kind of getting a little desperate and looking for a team. And uh, nobody has taken, taken him up on uh, bringing him in just yet. Do you have any ideas about where you think he would he could, he could land? Um, you know, there's been talk about uh, New England. Uh, of course, before previously, there's always been talk about uh, Oakland. Um, I, I would have think that uh, if if the Jets hadn't been able to grab the young receivers they have, he probably would have wound up up there because I don't think that Rex Ryan is really too concerned about a guy's personality and, and things. He, he thinks he could pretty much handle the guys. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, now they've got two young, young guys at the wideout spot. So I don't think that they'll they'll need him. So, what what, what do you think he'll uh, wind up, Bob? You have any idea? Man, I would be lying if I said I if I said I knew. Uh, I do think it's a catastrophe that he's not on a roster. He's certainly still talented enough to be on an NFL roster. And mm-hmm. look at what he did last year. It wasn't yeah. up to his standards, but for being on the poor team he was and the uncertainty at quarterback, he was still a very good player last year, all things considered. Now, an ideal situation for him, I think, would be a place like Chicago. I think that would fit for everyone. Jake uh-huh. Cutler needs another target. Devin Hester uh, can't be a number one guy. Now, Tio's probably not a number one guy, but in Chicago he is and he would be a good one-year stopgap for them while Hester uh, continues to get better. And you have a guy uh, like Arosh Madu who showed up late last season. So I think that would be a good fit, but that doesn't look likely anymore. Yeah, it, it doesn't look likely. And uh, I don't, you know, uh, you figure a guy with the talent that he has in that he, you know, uh, like him or dislike him, 
the guy's incredibly gifted, uh, dedicated to being in the best of shape as uh, that he can be in, and and he's productive. I mean, he, he catches the ball. Uh, you know, he drops some, but he catches most of the balls, and and when he gets it in his hands, he knows what to do with it. And uh, whether people, you know, give him credit or not, I mean, the guy's been productive throughout his career. He's a surefire Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. and uh, he can come in right now. I'm really uh, surprised that, well, I can understand Mike Shanahan not wanting to be, to be deal with him, but uh, I think he definitely would help a team like the Redskins in that, you know, uh, he and McNabb know each other. Um they would be running similar offense, and you got a guy that's big and as strong as he is. Uh, that if you're throwing short passes to him, and he's getting a chance to run with the football after he catches it, you know he, he's able to break tackles and he makes things happen. So, uh, you know, there's talk about him maybe going to Carolina, and I see where John Beeson had said that um, uh, there's no way Terrell Owens could be a Panther. Uh, now he says, I have to apologize to my comments regarding T.O. I personally would want him on our team in Carolina. He's been a great wide receiver for a long time and will, without a doubt, be a Hall of Famer. He'd be a great addition opposite Steve Smith. Now, you know what that says to me? Maybe Carolina is the place because why would he just change his mind like that unless maybe somebody in the organization say, hey, hey, you know, we've been talking to that guy. So, um Maybe that's uh, a reason right there for to believe that T.O. might be headed to to Carolina, and I, you know, I think he could help. It's just that they got to make sure he doesn't uh, intimidate his young um, his his young quarterback. Even though I don't think Steve Smith will back down on the other side with this with this crazy stuff. How much he. How many times he's hit uh, his teammates in the face and, and things. So who knows what's going to happen. But uh, in getting back to the Eagles, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, record, what kind of record we think these guys are going to have, what kind of team they're going to have. We're going to get into all that as we go forward, talking about the Eagles and the um, the ability they have and the fact that they've got a lot of talented weapons um, but the, Kevin Cobb's job will be to get them the ball, and uh, the offensive line's job will be to give him time so that he can give those guys, get these guys the ball. Now, what you're thinking about the Eagles' offense and how good will they be, um, how explosive will they be, what do you expect out of those guys? If, and it's a big if, if Andy Reid and Marty Mornerwick can go back to the way they were calling plays and running the offense in 2006 when Garcia stepped in, you could see Cobb and the rest of the offense overachieve uh, because I think LaShawn McCoy is a guy who's uh, good enough and shifty enough to make a lot of plays on the ground. Mike Bell be a very good change of pace for him, and you've got Leonard Weaver in front of them. We've seen what Deshaun can do. Macklin looks to only get better, and Avant might be one of might have uh, some of the best pair of hands in in the league. But if Reed treats Cobb the way he treated McNabb his entire career and asked him to throw the ball 70% of the time, it'll be a catastrophe because uh, it's not his style of play, and I don't think he'll be able to uh, to carry the load the same way McNabb did. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, so I. I, uh, from what they're saying, uh, he's, he's, he's not going to uh, 
he's not going to change anything. I mean, uh, it's, you would think that he'd want to take some of the pressure off of Kevin, but um, so far there's been talk that that he's going to throw the ball just as much. But, you know, of course, that's not necessarily going to happen depending on, you know, how it go forward. But uh, running the ball and with a guy like Mike Bell and, and you've got Leonard Weaver, you, you've got enough guys that you could run the ball more so. You know, with McCoy and and Bell and Weaver, so uh, there's not, you know, there's no reason he couldn't run it. But you know, I think that they're going to be so mesmerized by the ability or the opportunity to throw the ball and the weapons they've got that, that they're going to try to throw the ball. But talking about the Eagles and talking about their uh, offense, and we're going to get into the defense and that whole team as they get ready for. The 2010 season, they're getting ready to go to training camp. We'll be back with you on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G Cobb back with you on VoiceAmericaSports.com, and uh, we're talking with uh, Bob Cunningham. And Bob is uh, uh, does a lot of writing uh, for uh, GCOB.com and uh, for Bleacher Report. And you can get a chance to read some of his articles up. Uh, I see some of them in the uh, Philly.com, and uh, you get a chance to uh, see what Bob is thinking. And 
Now, uh, we're, we, we've talked a little bit about the Eagles' offense. Now, going further, talking about that offense, uh, something's got to give, meaning uh, you've got an offense that's geared towards uh, or will be geared more towards the short pass, and you're going to have uh, Kevin Cobb throwing the ball to his receivers. Of course, Brent Selleck is sure to be a, one of his favorite targets. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson, he'll have that get some of those deep balls, I'm sure, and, of course, Jeremy Macklin now. But the thing is, how do you think it's going to stack up? I, I have an idea myself about how I think numbers-wise, how the catches are going to stack up between these different receivers with the fact that, you know, you've got all these short routes, Bob. How do you think it's going to be dispersed? I mean, is he going to throw to um, – Selleck more than anybody? Is he going to throw to Jackson more than anybody? Will it be McCoy, uh, Macklin? What do you, what's your thought? Uh, personally, I would say Macklin uh, because he's built more for uh, going over the middle, you know, running those slants and those uh, intermediate routes. Uh, Jackson is, of course, going to get his. But I think Jackson uh, is probably going to have less catches than Macklin, but he's going to have more yards per catch because uh, he's a big play type of guy, whereas Macklin could emerge as uh, the guy with you know uh, 85 catches and uh, is the guy just moving the chains and uh, you know has the occasional big play. And of course, Selleck is going to get uh, a lot of those as well because once if Cobb panics at all, and there will be some of those panic moments for him in his first full year, uh, it's going to be Selleck. You know, he's going to start forcing it to Selleck because that's his baby blanket. So I would say Macklin. Yeah, you know, I, w- I would uh, tend to agree with you. I-, I think Selleck will probably catch more balls than anybody. I- but it'll be close. I, I-, I see I-, I really have been impressed with what I've seen out of uh, Macklin. I mean, he's put on some weight. Uh, and I don't think that it's something he really worked on. It's just a matter of that, you know, the kid was only 21, and with the work that he's doing on the pro level, he just couldn't help but, you know, put on a little weight. But I think he's headed for some big things because he's got the body, he's got the size uh, to go across the middle and to deal with it and be able to catch the ball. Whereas uh, if I were the Eagles, I would not make a habit of, throwing the ball to Deshaun over the middle. We saw what happened in the, in the Washington game. I mean, he gets, he got hit, he gets knocked out. And I think that more and more teams are going to try to get shots and take shots at um, Deshaun because he's such a big playmaker. And he's shown that if you, if, you, uh, if you beat him up, you can take him out of his game. And that's what I'd look to do. I mean, if it gets in a foot race, if you're in a foot race with Deshaun, you're beat. So... Uh, if, I, if I were teams, I would try to think of ways of getting him out of the of the picture because the threat of his speed is, opens up the field for for Macklin and for Selleck and everybody else in there. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out because he's such an important part. And then, of course, you got his uh, contract. It looks like they're trying to work out something uh, in Tennessee with Chris Johnson. Uh, I would imagine that um, uh, that you know that they're, he's kind of keeping an eye on that, meaning that uh, Jackson is keeping an eye on what's going on 
uh, in Tennessee with Johnson because they're in a similar situation. They're Pro Bowl players. They've outperformed their rookie, rookie contracts. And are they going to get paid the, the rightful, you know, a bounce up when you think about now the guys are amongst the better players in the league? It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. But that, that's why things are going to be interesting at camp. They're very interesting, and I don't know how everything's going to work out, but um, it's going to be interesting. I'll, I'll tell you that. What, what's your thoughts, though, Bob? Uh, as far as you know, a guy like Chris Johnson or Deshaun Jackson, yeah, there's no doubt they've outperformed their contracts, but the problem is they have no leverage. Uh, really, they've got none. Because they're true. still they're still under contract for multiple years, and with the CBA uncertainty and everything that the NFL is going through right now, they just there's no leverage for them at all, other than threatening to sit out the season. Which these guys are they're competitors. They're not yeah. going to sit out the entire season. It would kill them to watch yeah. their teams from the couches. So that's not going to happen. They don't have any leverage. Anything the teams do for them is is a favor, really. Yeah, it really is a favor, but but I do think that they would like them to be happy. Um, so for, I see where Tennessee's trying to do something to the client, uh, you know, throw a couple of, uh, million dollars in there as a as a bonus um, to do that for um, for Chris Johnson because you know his his uh, as great as Deshaun's season was, I'd have to rate Jackson. I mean Johnson's even better because he runs for two thousand yards and. He did it, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, he really looks like he's playing the game at a different speed than everybody else. Uh, Absolutely. I, I mean, it's really incredible that uh, his speed has made such a difference because either he's running with the ball or he catches a screen. It's like he outruns the the um, the angles and he makes people look bad. And uh, he, he's just an extraordinary back. And, I know they want to hang on to him, so. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if you're a running back, uh, you know, you're a play away from it being over. So I can understand him wanting to get his money. You know, so now going forward, uh, we talk about that now. We talked about a little bit about Deshaun, uh, the offensive line. You concerned about the offensive line, Bob? And, and if you're concerned, where, where at? Uh, you've got to be concerned about the offensive line. And uh, most of my concerns come from the interior, uh, the two guards and whomever would happen to be playing center. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about the tackles as much as everyone else is. I think Jason Peters is going to be much better in his second year in the system. Uh, and let's also not forget that with Peters, he's a guy still learning the trade, still learning his technique because he mm -hmm. hasn't always played left tackle. True. So he is still uh, molding himself in his technique. Winston Justice, I thought, uh, you know, I talked about Winston Justice last year uh, in training camp. I think he's a guy you could be talking about as a Pro Bowl player at the end of the year. He was their best lineman last year, I would say, by far. And uh, I think he's going to take the next step in his second year. But uh, center is obviously a huge question mark. Uh, Nick Cole didn't instill a lot of uh, confidence in anyone uh, with the way he played Last year, you the second half of the Denver game and those two uh, catastrophes in Dallas. Uh, you know, Stacey Andrews, will he be able to come back to form uh, after a wash season? Uh, I think he should be good this year, uh, a year removed from that knee surgery, another year in the system. Uh, 
and Harriman's, as long as his foot is okay, he is a more than serviceable, probably above average to above average left guard. So uh, the interior is really going to have to step up uh, if they want that line to be uh, where it has to be in order for him to win anything this year. Well, you know, the, the thing about the interior line is that if your interior of your line breaks down, you know, the players virtually has no chance at all. I mean, it, it, it has a little chance, but it doesn't have very much chance. And, and the reason I say that is because uh, pressure up the middle. Uh, a quarterback can't set his feet and pick out who he's going to throw the ball to, and he can also um, – he just can't do much uh, with the play. And now if you're talking about a running play, you know, running play, you just cannot run it with people uh, loose in the middle of your, uh, your offensive backfield. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. But that, is, uh, that won't be easy. That won't be easy. If they don't get good play up in the middle of the line, you're going to see teams blitzing there. You're going to see them put their best pass rushers there. And, uh, and that could be trouble. So um, that, that's something to be concerned about uh, because of the fact that you just can't do anything if you've got that, uh, you don't have that secured you know, right there in the middle of your offensive line because you're going to have a quarterback running for his life and he can't um, you know, uh, throw the ball without getting hit. So and that's all Dallas did uh, last year. You know, they're mm-hmm. up both A-gaps, and you see even a mobile guy like McNabb was unable to escape from it uh, right up the middle. So a guy like Kevin Cobb is going to have no chance if there are guys coming through the A-gap at him because if McNabb can't get away from him, Cobb certainly isn't getting away from him. And that's right. right it's going to be bad. That's right. And so that's why um... – you know, it's going to be very important, you know, the job they do. And if they've got to go ahead and trade somebody and bring somebody in here, they've got to do what they've got to do because you could wind up, you know, spending some time in the hospital too, and you don't, surely don't want that. Mm-hmm. So they want to do a much better job of uh, protecting uh, Kevin than they did the last two games of protecting McNabb because you don't need jail breaks right in the middle of your offensive line because if you have it, you can't run the play. Most plays, you can't run a running play. You can't run a passing play with a guy there in the middle uh, freed up. You just can't do much. So that's going to be important. They've they got to clear that up. So on the other side, we'll continue talking Eagles. Uh, we might work in some Phillies, but we're going to continue talking Eagles and talk about that defense, what's happening with the Eagles' defense. We'll be back with you in a moment. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network what it comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. G Cobb back with you on uh, G Cobb in the house. Uh, and also, of course, be enjoyed by our special guest, uh, Bob Cunningham. And you can get the jan- chance to check out Bob on um, philly.com. Uh, you can see some of his articles down there with the Bleacher Report articles. Uh, as well, um, the, uh, Bob also has a, uh, a website. Why don't you give him the name of that website, uh, Bob? Uh, it's 2 Minutes to Midnight Green, the numeral 2, Minutes, T-O, MidnightGreen.com. Okay, and of course you can check me out, of course, at uh, gcob.com and get a chance to uh, see what I got to say about this because it's going to be a very interesting training camp, and I know um, there'll be a lot of people out there because you, you got so many you got so many new things happening with Kevin Cobb in there. Now, what, what are you expecting out of Kevin Cobb, uh, Bob? You know, uh, looking at it, and um, what do you think is the reasonable expectations of him? Uh, going into this first year starting? Uh, man, as far as numbers go, uh, it's really going to depend on uh, on Reed and the way he calls the offense for him. But uh, I do think just from what we've seen from Cobb, I think he's going to be a guy who throws a bit too many interceptions and uh, you know, could be a guy who's finishing in the high teens interceptions every year. It's going to be something... Uh, Philly fans aren't accustomed to after 11 years of McNabb. But, uh, I mean, you know, with the weapons he has, I wouldn't say it's out of the question to see uh, mid-20s 
uh, touchdowns, uh, maybe 18, 19 interceptions, uh, 37 hundred yards, maybe that might be a bit high. Uh, and, you know, however many wins the team can muster, six, seven, or I would say probably at the most eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think those are some reasonable numbers. You know, the big thing that I think Kevin's season and the team's season is really, uh, I think, comes down to how many times does he turn the ball over. You know, if he doesn't turn the ball over a lot, I think that gives them a chance. Um, if he turns the ball over a lot, uh, then I don't see, you know, uh, much way that they're going to win a lot. You know, he's he's going to have to keep the turnovers down to, I, I'd probably say, you know, uh, under 15 um, to for them to be a playoff team. I mean, and, uh, you know, I don't expect them. So that's why I would expect with the fact that he's going to have to rely on throwing the ball. You're not going to see him taking off and um, breaking outside contain and, you know, uh, making other teams really kind of uh, dial back their pass game because of his scrambling. So that's going to mean he's going he's gonna to have to do it all with his arm, and that, that means he's going to have to take some chances. So uh, he will throw some interceptions, and I probably would say he'll be uh, up over 15, you know, uh, headed to 20, and – just a matter of, you know, how how much will he do? I mean, will he really, you know, uh, come unglued? And there are going to be times he'll have a tough game. The key key for Kevin is going to be he's going to have to bounce back the next game. You know, if he has a bad game, bounce back the next game. And, and that's the way it is going to be with the team. And, and really they're going to be kind of learning uh, how you make the playoffs. And uh, we're going to see, I think, also that, People all of a sudden will say, "Oh, you know what? It's, it's not as easy to make the playoffs." You know, and, uh, because I think a lot of people have really uh, did McNabb a disservice by making like you know. I mean, every year you know you get to the you go to the playoffs. Everybody's invited. No, everybody's not invited. And if you spend four or five years out of it, then all of a sudden you're going to hear uh, everything change because there's no guarantee you go to the playoffs every year, especially when you look at the division they're going to be playing in and the fact that there are going to be no easy games in the division. They're going to be, nobody's going to get any passes, and we'll see how everybody acts when all of a sudden we find out that the playoffs are not guaranteed, that you know every year you've got to fight your way in them. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's pretty much a Kevin Cobb. Now another guy that we're going to be looking at intently is going to be the number one draft pick. And uh, we're talking about Brandon Graham, number one pick out of University of Michigan. Um, And he's a um, very good athlete. Uh, He'll be coming off of the the left side of our defense. Um, I I don't know that he will start. Uh, I think they might have him platooning with Juque Parker and let Juque start off uh, taking the – the first downs, you know, at least, and maybe having uh, Graham in there on second and third down, uh, you know, to, so that he's he gets a break, you know, and they try to keep him fresh. But uh, I think there'll be some type of, um, of of platoon going on over there uh, by letting him, you know, kind of, you know, take a while to get himself, you know, geared to 
geared to you know the the whole uh, situation. So we'll see. It'll be interesting uh, to see what happens. But they've got to get some pass rush from him. That's simple as that. Um, people are going to double team Trent Cole, and you got to get consistent pass rush if you're being single blocked, and that's going to be his job. I think it's going. I think he's going to struggle a bit for a while because he's not used to dealing with the athletes that uh, are quick enough, the big guys, huge guys with long arms, who are probably going to challenge him because uh, they're going to they're going to make life tough for him. So you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But but what you're thinking about? about Brandon Graham. I'm trying to think about a number. I'd say, uh, you know, he'll probably come out maybe if he has a good year, eight to ten sacks. You know, that very good year would be ten. Eight would be very would be good. Uh, but, um, so, I, you know, we'll see. I'll say eight eight sacks at the most. But, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see how that transpires. What's your, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, eight would be, uh, I would say eight would be a successful rookie season. Uh, eight would be it would certainly be good, and it would uh, breed a lot of hope for him in the future, uh, especially if Parker, you know, is able to match his uh, eight sacks from last year as well. That's probably unlikely, but uh, you know, if one of them could get eight sacks and the other get five or six, uh, with the way they'll be rotating in, you know, uh, about thirteen to fourteen sacks coming from that side uh, would certainly help. Cole and the defense uh, as a whole, but yeah, I, I would I'd agree six would be uh, a okay. decent a decent year. Eight would be good. Yeah. Ten would be spectacular. That's right. Yeah, I, I would agree. And um, so you know, you got him. Of course, um, they're going to have to do something inside. I mean, with the middle um, pass rushers, um, you know, they've got. Uh, the young kid they drafted that was like the fourth. Uh, um, I think it was he's either their third or their fourth round. The kid from Washington, um, who I forget his name right offhand. I haven't been talking his name. He's got that different type of name. But anyway, uh, Daniel Tayo Nassim. Uh, yeah, Tayo Nassim or Tayo Nassim. Uh, yes, he's he's a guy that's going to be on the field, pass rushing on third down from the inside. From the, the tackle spot, and you're going to see him in there. You'll probably see Daryl Tapp get some shots in there. Um, you'll probably see, you know, you're going to see all of the, you know, the defensive ends uh, because they think that utilizing the speed and quickness of a defensive end inside, you know, gives an advantage. And it has worked, you know, but it's going to be um, – so we'll see what happens with that. You've got, um, you know, the ability – uh, to move these guys around, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. But um, that's going to have a lot to do with you know how this defense functions because they got to stay away from big plays, and the Eagles need to force some big plays. You know, in key situations, you know, take some of the pressure off of the offense, and uh, because people are expecting the offense to score some points. Uh, so you know we'll see how all that shakes out. It'll definitely be interesting. Be very interesting. Okay, so uh, talking a little bit about that defensive line now with the um, with the tackles. You know they'll be off the field on third down. So uh, you know I don't know how much chance they're going to have to get some to get some sacks, but 
you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, we'll see them have some success getting to the quarterback. Now, looking in the secondary, of course, uh, you know, I got my eyes on that secondary, boy. Right away, I see a rookie starting at safety, Nate Allen. Uh, talk to me about him. What are you expecting out of him, Bob? And what would you be happy with? What would you be disappointed with with him back there? Uh, with Allen, I think um, you really just want him uh, to play sound and play within the defense. Uh, you know, don't try to don't try to make too much right away, uh, and you know, don't try to make the miraculous interception or. Uh, try to play the run, you know, and uh, you see rookies will try to press, you know, like on the play action or something, that safety wants to come up and rush and help the run out, well, and then he vacates his area and it's right over his head and he's toast. Uh, So just, if he can just play within the defense, you know, uh, talk to Michael, let Michael help him out, uh, and just do enough so that Michael feels like he can do his job on his own rather than trying to play both positions like he did last year, uh, I think it would be that would be just fine. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, the thing with Nate is you don't want to see the big mistake. I mean, if you're going to make big mistakes, don't make them at the safety spot because <laughs> mm-hmm. you make a big spot there, big, I mean, big mistake there, and, you know, uh, you can see the guys will have their hands – raise up, uh, and you'll see the celebration going on. So can't make the big mistake there. Um, I, I just think Nate has to prove that he can can pound and, uh, and hit people the way a big-time safety is supposed to be able to. So he's, he's got to be able to step in there and uh, come up and, and meet some of those big backs and the tight ends and, and be physical because if anything that was kind of questioned about about Nate was uh, his ability to stand up and hit people. So uh, we will find that out. And the big mistakes, though, they just cannot afford you know him letting people get behind him, uh, missing tackles, and and uh, and letting guys uh, you know do whatever they want to do, and it, it turns into big plays. They just got to avoid that. So uh, that's the big thing with him. Um, He's a young guy who you're going to get some mistakes. You just cannot overdo it. And uh, I guess we'll look on this as a growing year because he's going to make his share mistakes and, you know, and get straight-armed and, you know, have missed some tackles and everything. I mean, that just happens. You're talking about a rookie. But uh, looking at some of the other spots back there, um, at the left cornerback position, for the first time in quite a while, Sheldon Brown won't be lining up over there, or I should say the right cornerback spot. Uh, we're going to have um, a player who's really uh, better known for his punt, his kickoff returns. Now, how do you think he's going to do over there, um, Bob? Uh, I honestly don't. Alice I don't Hobbs. Any, I don't have any idea uh, what Hobbs is going to be able to do. I mean, uh, he played... He played well in New England, but that was a it was a different system. Uh, and you know, people were talking about Asante Samuel being a system cornerback uh, when Philly signed him, and uh, you know he's much more talented than Hobbs. And Hobbs was only okay; he was only a piece of the puzzle in New England. Uh, personally, I, I don't I don't like trading Sheldon. Uh, I think unless you see Sheldon absolutely disappear in Cleveland and 
you know, maybe the Eagles know something we don't. Maybe Sheldon just okay. can't run Okay, all right, anymore. well, uh, we'll continue talking about Sheldon Brown and Ellis Hobbs on the other side. Uh, we'll be back with you in a moment with more of G. Cobb in the house. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in nfl history tune in to wide open with andre rison andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison, featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join host Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Uh, G. Cobb back with you on VoiceAmericaSports.com. And, of course, I've been joined by uh, Bob Cunningham, and we've been talking about the Eagles pretty much going through all the positions, and uh, we've talked about the offense, um, and uh, we're just kind of finishing up on the defense. And we're talking about Ellis Hobbs and, and uh, the fact that he's taking over for Sheldon Brown. Uh, you've got young Nate Allen stepping in there uh, at the uh, weak safety spot. You know, how are those guys going to pan out? And, uh, how do you think again, uh, Ellis? What do you think about Ellis Hobbs over there on that uh, the right side of the defense um, with the Santi Samuel on the other side? But how do you think he's going to do on the right side? Uh, I was just saying about uh, how he had played in uh, in New England's uh, system, which is different from McDermott's system, uh, much different. And now uh, people were talking about that same concern with a guy like Asante Samuel coming over to Philly, and uh, you know he's clearly much more talented than Hobbs is. So uh, I don't have real high hopes for Hobbs. I'm not sure how he's going to perform. And said about Sheldon Brown, maybe the Eagles know something uh, that we don't. Uh, maybe uh, Brown just can't move as well as he as well as he did before, and he had uh, just slowed down substantially, and uh, that made them comfortable enough to to trade him. But I thought uh, just from what we saw out of Sheldon last year, they should have uh, tried to keep him around at least for one more year. Uh, until they were able to have a solid guy come in and and take over for him. Uh, right now, I think Hobbs is a, a a weak link in that secondary and could get exposed a lot. Well, if they go after him and, and really uh, are able to exploit him, then that's going to wind up putting pressure on everybody else. Uh, the guys on uh, his side of the ball, like, uh, Quentin Michael, um, like Nate Allen and Asante Samuel, all those guys will be have more pressure to deal with. Uh, but the other guys that will have more pressure to, def- uh, to deal with will be the offense. The Eagles' offense doesn't need to be trailing by seven points every time they get the ball for the first time. So uh, it's going to be a need that, that that defense steps up, make some big plays, make some big stops, you know, get get it done because – you know the offensive coordinators that are sitting right now somewhere, and they're studying their craft. They're trying to get an advantage, and uh, if he's the guy that gives guys advantages, this is not place for it. Because I know um, that they they want uh, success and they want it right away. So, so we'll be able to see about that now. Special teams wise, special teams you got David Akers still kicking the ball, and he had a great year last year. So you got Akers, um, let's see, um, Deshaun Jackson as your punt returner. Kickoff returner will probably be kick Quentin Dumps again. Um, so that, that's pretty much going to be, uh, be that there. Now, how do you feel about these special teams? Uh, Akers, uh, like you said, looked good last year. Feel good with Akers. Uh, the leg strength seems to be uh, coming back to where it was. Uh, and the outrageous misses weren't there last year like they were the year before. You know, a 40-yarder, and he's hooking it wide. You didn't see that a whole lot last year. Uh, Rocca just needs to get more consistent 
punting the ball. Uh, he's got too big a leg uh, to be as inconsistent as he is. Uh, Demps looks like a, a good kick return man as, far, as long as he can stay healthy and stay on the field. I mean, he's got a kick return for a touchdown to his credit. And uh, Deshaun is probably the best uh, punt return man in the league. You could argue a guy like Josh Cribbs, but uh, no one's more explosive than Deshaun. Uh, you know, you, you know, teams are biting their nails as soon as he touches the ball. So uh, it's good having that threat back there. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, kind of uh, a little um, distracted there. Now, uh, Bob, you know, uh, wrapping things up, let's talk about um, record. What do you think record-wise for the Eagles uh, winding things down? What do you expect? Uh, I said before uh, a safe guess would be uh, – Seven and nine, uh, eight and eight, maybe. Uh, I said nine and seven at at the very best. If that defense uh, overachieves uh, and Cobbs, like you said, can minimize the mistakes, nine and seven could be a possibility. But it's more likely they finish on the wrong side of five hundred. Uh, just the, the Cowboys. Uh, you know, those are that's probably two losses. Uh, the Redskins are much improved. They might split with them, you know, uh, maybe split with the Giants. And it's just an overall very difficult schedule for them this year. So 9-7 uh, and seven would be a great year. 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight is uh, about what I expect. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of expect that because they've got some weapons, and I expect them to have some exciting games where you've got some high scores, um, but uh, that doesn't mean that they win the game. Uh, but I definitely think that uh, they have shown, uh, so many of those guys have shown the ability uh, to make the plays that make a difference, you know, from that standpoint. But um, they're still young. Uh, the the offense uh, is going to have to rely on the, on the uh, passing game because they're not going to run the ball very much. And I could see that kind of, uh, you know, creating some problems we talked about with interceptions. And so... We'll see how it works out. But I want to thank you, Bob, for coming on with me, and uh, we had a good time. I want to thank the audience for joining us, and uh, we'll see you. talk to you next week, and it'll be close to training camp, and we'll do another episode of G. Cobb in the House. I appreciate you all for joining us. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.